Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway, a United Methodist community in Portland, Maine. If you live locally, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Visit our website at www.hopegateway.com to learn more. But whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Christ is risen! Christ is risen indeed! Well, yesterday, this fine group of folks spent their morning here on Saturday morning uh, transforming our space. And doesn't it look amazing? It Let's just take a minute and express appreciation. So these group of people who could have spent their Saturday morning anywhere the day before Easter, but decided to be here to help us transform our space. One of the things I love most about Easter Sunday is the visible transformation from one week to the next. One Sunday it's all Lent and burlap and twigs and stones and accents of broken plates this year and accents of deep purple. And the next week it is all butterflies and all the colors of the rainbow and spring flowers for days. I mean, this is like the garden section at Lowe's right here, right? (laughs) Or maybe even better better than the garden section at Lowe's. The aesthetics of this room proclaim the transformation of Easter. I want to direct your attention to this wall um, where we have a prayer station today. In your seat when you arrived, there was a little slip of paper. If you can't find it, you might be sitting on it, or it might be under your feet. And there are pens along the edge of each row. And sometime during worship today, I want to invite you to reflect on that question. Where do you see signs of resurrection in the world or in your own life? Where do you see signs of resurrection in the world or in your own life? And use that piece of paper to just jot down a word or two or a phrase or a five-paragraph essay, whatever comes. And sometime during worship today, make your way to the prayer station and just pin it to, uh, to the frames with the, with the clothespins that are there. You can do it during communion. You can do it during a song. You can do it if you get bored during our sermon. Like Whenever you feel led to, let's build a prayer station up there together. The aesthetics of our room proclaim the transformation of this day. Even if we didn't say a word... Even if we didn't sing all the songs called Christ is Risen, if you just walked in this room and scanned the space, you would understand something of the transformation of Easter. So just to remind you, last week, and the week before that, and the week before that, and the week before that, and more, we were talking about broken vessels and had plates and dishes and Every dish that we've broken our house for the past 10 years (laughs) was on this table reminding us that we are all broken. And we have come through this story of Jesus' brokenness to remind us of the truth that we have 
been proclaiming that sometimes our brokenness breaks us open to new life. Last Sunday we read through the entire Passion narrative from the Gospel according to Luke. And on Friday evening many of us gathered in this room and we heard that story from all four Gospels telling the story of Jesus' final days, his suffering, how he was nailed to a cross, and how he died. And as we extinguished candles, we remembered that story and we sat in silence and in grief. And we left in silence to keep vigil until this morning. Today we are going to share with you the gospel story from John's narrative. And it is the story, the longest story, of the resurrection. And it's a fascinating story. We had a little preview with the photos. But I'd like to invite you that even if you think you know this story, to forget what you have heard. To hear it with fresh ears today. Because it is a remarkable story, and sometimes our memories of it make it common. It is not anything common. So listen, those who have ears to hear. From John 20. Early in the morning, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to tell Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. Breathing, breathing. The other disciple arriving at the tomb first outrunning Peter. Stooping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloths lying there and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen cloths but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went into the tomb, took one look at the evidence, and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The disciples then went back home. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. Weeping. As she wept, she knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there dressed in white, one at the head and the other at the foot of where Jesus' body had been laid. They said to her, Woman, why do you weep? They took my master, and I don't know where they put After she said this, 
she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. Peter and the other disciple... Oh, Jesus spoke to her. Sorry. <laughs> Woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She, thinking that he was the gardener, said, Sir, if you are the one who carried him away, then tell me where he is, and I will retrieve him. Jesus said, Mary. Turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning teacher. Jesus said, Don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went, telling the news to the disciples. I saw the Master, and she told them everything he said to her. On that Easter morning, Mary, Simon Peter, and the other disciple, the one who remains unnamed, but apparently the one whom Jesus loved, Many scholars say that was probably John writing about himself, right? The one who arrives first, the one whom Jesus loves best. It, for them, it seemed on that morning that all was lost. Mary went to the tomb not to sing, Christ the Lord is risen today, not to celebrate Jesus' victory over death, not to witness the resurrection firsthand. Mary went to the tomb grieving. She had lost a friend. She went feeling defeated, maybe even hopeless. From her perspective, the empire had won. She had watched her beloved friend and rabbi, Jesus, being forced to carry his own cross after being beaten and tortured and violently nailed to a cross. She saw his body being pushed over the limit of violence and given to death. She was there when they finally took his body down after hours of agony on the cross. She was there when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus placed Jesus' body in the tomb. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt the powers of death and corruption, the powers of empire had won. And Jesus had lost. It's not hard for us to understand why Mary might have felt that way. The truth is we often feel that way as well. It's easy to look around and just see that there are so many signs that the empire has the upper hand, that death and decay and corruption are gaining traction. 
If you looked at the news at all this morning, you heard that in Sri Lanka this morning, there were a series of attacks on hotels and churches, and more than 200 people have died. And that sounds so very familiar because every day it seems like it's another act of gun violence, another political scandal, children and youth still being detained at the southern border, the violence of white supremacy, the growing disparity between extreme poverty and obscene wealth, our very planet in peril due to the ravages of climate change, the building of walls, and the less tangible but no less harmful walls of racism, xenophobia, homophobia, Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, and so many other forms of bigotry. It's all a little discouraging, isn't it? Do you ever find yourselves feeling discouraged, like empire just has the upper hand? And it's easy to feel like we are stuck in a perpetual Good Friday that just never ends. That the powers of death and decay and corruption, the powers of, up, of empire, have the upper hand. But the truth is that Jesus was not defeated. The story of Easter conveys the truth that in the end, love wins. Resurrection may come quietly, in the dark, secretly, appearing to only one woman alone. But it is the mystery of subversive power, of self-sacrificing love. Love does not win in domineering ways, but in sustaining ways that transform the world for millennia. Resurrection is more than overcoming death. It is more than the empty tomb that the men saw. It is a turning upside down of the dominant narrative that the powerful, the wealthy, the empire are in control. It is the truth that no matter what, we can rise up. So today we want to suggest that Easter invites us to reflect on a very important question. We know that Christ is risen, but the question is, will we rise up too? Because Easter isn't really Easter if it's just about Jesus rising from the dead 2,000 years ago, or if it's just about singing these songs that are all called Christ is Risen, or if it's just about uh, eating our fill of chocolate, or let's be honest, more than our fill of chocolate. Easter is not Easter unless the resurrection power is for us just as it was for Jesus, unless we too claim the power to rise up. Because in the end, Easter is more than Jesus' victory. Easter is God's great no to every place of violence and decay and destruction and devastation and corruption. 
Easter is God's great no to injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Easter is God's great no to evil and corruption and exclusion, and God's great yes to life, to community, to peace and reconciliation, and hope and justice and joy. Easter is only Easter if it means that we rise up too. So what does it mean to rise up? What does that look like? It looks like lots of things. Things we see all the time. It looks like welcoming asylum seekers with open arms against the policies of our government. It looks like housing families experiencing homelessness in our building, our churches, and our synagogues in this community. It also looks like turning weapons of violence, particularly guns, guns that outnumber people in our country. It looks like transforming them into garden trees. Recently, we learned about a project called Raw Tools. Anybody heard of Raw Tools? Yeah, a couple people have. Uh, Raw Tools is led by a guy named Michael Martin, who comes from the Mennonite tradition, who has recently written a book with author Shane Claiborne, whom some of you may have heard about. And the title of the book is Beating Guns, Hope for People Who Are Weary of Violence. It was just released last month. Now, this organization called Raw Tools take the words of Isaiah literally, where Isaiah says, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Raw Tools is beginning a nationwide movement where people can donate their guns to be transformed into actual, usable garden tools. And even hosting events where people can transform their own guns and process their own grief about gun violence. Some of of these people who have lost their own children to gun violence. Bradshaws say they want to make it easy for it as easy for people to get rid of their guns as it is to obtain. Their mission is to disarm hearts and to forge peace. They say, we do more than turn guns into garden tools. We are turning violent We are turning fear into trust. We are welcoming neighbors with loving arms rather than bearing arms. Michael Martin, who leads Raw Tools, writes, There is something powerful transcendent and mystical about seeing a gun transformed into a 
into something else. Pretty cool, right? Doesn't it make you want to learn more? You can learn more on the web and you can read their book, which is hot off the press, called Beating Guns, Hope for People Who Are Weary of Violence. They are embodying the hope of resurrection. They are rising up. And the good news is, we can rise up too. Next Sunday, we're going to start a new worship series called Rise Up. <laughs> <laughs> like a guest. And we're going to continue this conversation because Easter isn't just one special day each year. It isn't just about eggs and chocolate and bunnies. It is a way of being in the world. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And the question is, will we rise up to? In a world where the power of empire, where the power of oppression seems to be winning, we will continue to listen for the voice of God calling us to embody the hope of Easter. So more to come on we look forward to that worship series starting next Sunday. But first, a Hope Gateway Easter tradition. Because Hope Gateway Easter would not be Easter if it weren't for the great Easter egg challenge of 2019. This is our 12th year of participating in the great Easter egg challenge. I still remember the first year. It was when we were a ragtag group called New Light Community, and there were about 15 people meeting around the table in the parsonage where we live for a potluck dinner. Some of you may have been there. And after dinner, we took everyone out to our backyard, which was completely covered in snow, because Easter must have been early that year. And we had hidden eggs in the snow. There were lots of eggs, and some of them were gold, and the gold ones had challenges in them. That was 12 years ago. I think we might have, we might have filled three dozen eggs, maybe, and a dozen of them had challenges in them. Well, this year, yesterday, this group of people filled 200 eggs, and you're going to get one. Yay. Tell us about the eggs. <laughs> Every time. So, um, the eggs in each one, there is a big word on top, and it is one of our core values, which is community, inclusivity, simplicity, creativity, and transformation, or one of our community practices, prayers, presence, gifts, service, or witness. So all of the challenges are on one of those themes. And you have five weeks to complete your challenge. That will be May 26th. So if you, um, and we will be checking in with you <laughs> and um, encouraging you, and meaning y'all, um, to share how that works, how it's working for you along the way so that we might encourage and challenge each other. Yes, I've been in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very 
it's a very helpful term. We're starting to use y'all because Sarah critiques me when I say you guys because not everyone is a guy. So I'm claiming y'all. I'm going to start saying that, everybody, okay? All right, so we need some of our bigger kids to help pass these eggs out. Jonah, you want to help? Who else is here? Rachel, Justin, you want to help? These eggs, everyone needs an egg. And when you get it, yes, there is chocolate in there. We're not going to govern when you eat your chocolate. Some of it is milk chocolate. Some of it is dark chocolate. You can trade if you don't like the variety of chocolate you got. But you cannot trade. You cannot trade your Easter egg challenge. The one you get is the one you get. All right, so pass these down. Make sure everybody gets one. When you get it, go ahead and open it up. And once everyone has one, we'll do a little bit of sharing. Take one of those. To any, any color. Just take one. You got one? Who didn't get one yet? Okay, over here. Did you guys get them back here? Okay, they're coming around. I got one there. Okay, let me just say this. You cannot trade your challenge. If you got a challenge that you really don't Anybody like, don't have one? Everybody have one? then that's probably the one God wanted you to get. <laughs> Something Unless like that. It's too easy. I don't know about the theology of that, but. <laughs> so, anybody ready to share? Oh, we need one over here. Oh, I'm missing. Take some back here. Okay, raise your hand if you would like to share the challenge that you got. Teresa, nice and loud. Okay, so Teresa's going to write at least three letters to legislators or city officials about justice issues she's concerned about. Good, right? Okay. What do you got, Cindy? Prayers. Prayers. Okay, so she is going to take on a devotional practice, listening to a podcast, music, writing in a journal, using some kind of devotional resource. Okay, Laura, nice and loud. So Laura's going to be doing some praying. Okay, Linda, what do you got? Lifelines too easy for me. 
<clears throat> then find a way to make it more challenging for yourself. Okay? Yeah, good. All right, so if one entire day is too easy, make it one a week, or make it two a week, or go the entire five weeks unplugged. <laughs> you can share. You can That's gonna, swap, that's but a hard you can one. share. Yeah. Okay, let's hear two or three more. Okay, Justin, what do you got? I have a community between now and May 26th. Write at least four thank you letters to people who we appreciate. Telling them specifically why you are thankful for their role. Okay, so Justin's going to write at least four thank you letters to people he appreciates. Okay, anybody else? Also gives, and it's about keeping a gratitude journal. Um, make a list uh, each day of the things for which you're grateful, and then take time to thank God. Great, a gratitude journal. Community. Think of someone you know who you consider to be deeply spiritual. Interview that person, asking them to share with you a bit about their faith journey. Nice. That's a great one. So raise your hand if you got one that seriously makes you so uncomfortable. Go ahead and raise your hand. It's okay. Just start by praying about it. It's okay. Now here's proof that God has a sense of humor because at the 9 o'clock gathering there was a gentleman sitting right back here at this back table who got something about, it was witness, invite someone to join you for worship or some other activity at Hope Gateway. He was a first-time guest. <laughs> it was his first time here. So we'll see what happens with that one. <laughs> yes. Okay. Just a little reminder. And mine is uh, at least one random act of kindness every week for the next five weeks. Did you want to share yours? You didn't get one. We need to fix that. There you go. Now what's up with this one? Somebody's been getting in the chocolate. I think it might be Oliver. Could be. So may your Easter egg challenge challenge you to rise up, to claim in a new way the hope of Easter. May you never get stuck believing that empire holds the ultimate power. May the power of the risen Christ fill you with <laughs> irrational hope disarming peace and subversive joy. And because Christ is risen, risen indeed, may you always know that there is within you the power to rise up. Amen. Amen. Amen.